2: Hello once again, everybody, and welcome to the Tournament Poker Edge podcast. I'm your host, Clayton Fletcher, and I promised you guys for the last three weeks, if anyone has still not hit the unsubscribe button from three (laughs) consecutive weeks of listening to just my voice, uh, we finally have not one, but two guests. And not only do we have two guests joining me today, one of them is live streaming this recording on twitch which is awesome and both of them are original gangster og tpe guys so you know them you love them we're talking about killing birds uh tenbush and of course ron fez buddy himself diego Lamado is with us you guys welcome how's it going
0: hey hey It is going well. It's hard to get guests on the podcast, isn't it?
2: (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure you found that that was why you didn't record one for six months.
0: (laughs) Now now you know why it went away for so long.
2: (laughs) Yeah, well, it is so much uh, more fun for me to have someone to talk to. Uh, So I'm glad you guys are here. And there's a reason why we're doing this uh, special three-man podcast for you guys and uh, it, it occurred to Derek recently that uh, this is the nine-year anniversary of Tournament Poker Edge.
0: Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, in fact, as I recall, we actually launched the website at midnight tonight nine years ago. That's right. Um, so it was okay. yeah, it was kind of a uh, an exciting night for us and. How we're still here nine years later, I'll never know, but here we well, are.
3: It was, it was an awesome one year before Black Friday, <laughs> so we had a wonderful <laughs> timing. Yeah, that's, yeah, it, yeah, eight years after Black Friday, so who would have who thought?
0: That's so how it, I always remember the, the date, is because it happened yeah. exactly one year to the day before Black Friday.
2: Right. Yeah. Tax day, April. Yeah. April. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So the year was, set the stage for me, uh, Derek, as you're about to launch your website, uh, nine years ago, the year was or, or 2011. 2010.
3: 2010. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. And we started working on it in 2009. Correct. Right. So a while ago
2: that before we press, uh, you know, record on the on the on the actual live, right? So let's go back and rewind to how did this even happen? 2009. <laughs> you guys must have been so young. <laughs> yeah. And, and,
3: I was and, beautiful. Yeah.
0: I was way thinner.
3: (laughs) I have less gray hair. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Right.
1: So it
0: it was cool. So like Diego and I had, well, so it's interesting actually the the way we met is kind of funny. I had posted a message uh, on the two plus two forum and it's not really all that exciting what the question was about, but Diego basically replied and said, Oh, I'm in a very similar situation to you. And he just gave me a bunch of advice and we talked about a bunch of stuff
3: yeah. And it was about, I mean, just, I, I remember what it was. It was, it, you were like, Hey, I, I love poker, but I have a job and I have a kid and, you know, is anyone else in this kind of situation? It was that early that people were still kind of trying to figure out where they fit, where poker fit in their life and, and mm-hmm. how to, how to balance it. So I responded as Derek said. Yeah. yeah. Basically same similar situation here.
0: Yeah. So we kind of got to be friends through that. And then we, um, along with some other people started a, like a private forum, basically like a strategy forum that was a little, a little less troll heavy was our, was our goal. Yeah. Uh, and it was just a, pri- it was a, like I said, a private forum with, I think we maybe topped out at like 40 members or something. Yep. Um, this would have
2: been back in 09
0: or 08. Yeah. Yeah. This was uh, I guess we probably started that in 08. Yeah. Uh, I'd say
3: 08, maybe late 07 or early and, 08. Yeah. And it was around for like maybe a year, year and a half before we yeah. even started TP, So yeah, probably like yeah. 08. Early 08
1: right. around,
2: around the year 2003 or 2004, 2 plus 2 was uh, the best website on the whole internet as far as yeah. I was concerned. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. yeah. Uh, really good
2: players, great thinkers, sharing yeah. information and Absolutely. building a community. Um, by the time you guys started thinking about what you wanted to do, uh, it had pretty much devolved into, yeah what it is today which is a uh, very hateful <laughs> yeah generally, yeah they're only speaking a hateful uh, environment and really a particularly unfriendly yeah. to beginning players so was that what sparked you to want to yep. start your own separate forum
0: yeah that was exactly it like we That's always joked part. like we just really wanted a we wanted a site where we could talk about poker and people would just say fold pre when you posted a hand history, you know, cause that was like the joke response that everybody would give you like fold pre. Um, yeah. and it was, it was really cool and we, we kind of all got to be, you know, pretty good friends and we, we did like sort of a, a meetup in Atlantic city at some point during that time. And that's when yeah. Diego and I met for the first time, um, in person and I think we had kind of started, I don't know if we would really started talking about business ideas by then, but I know I know that at some point during that process, like we kind of realized like we both had sort of entrepreneurial aspirations yeah. um, and Diego was like uh, able to, to actually do web stuff, which I couldn't, like he was, he was sort of the smart tech guy and I was a marketing guy and we're like, well, that's a pretty good combo. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh,
2: so you had the brains and you had the beauty. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> I'll
0: take so, it. Yeah, so we just started like we started to brainstorm ideas, and I remember we came up. I wish I could, I wish I still had that list. I I think we made a list of probably like I, 30 I bet ideas. I could find
3: it. I bet I could find it because I'm sure I did it like on my Google Drive. Um, I'll actually, search while we talk. But yeah. I I mean I, we did come up with like 30, 40 ideas. Some things like like you steak was an idea <laughs> we had. Um, yep. Like, like we came up with a bunch of ideas that are are around today. We just didn't think it was feasible, or um, couldn't tell if it would be worth our time and money. Um, one of them, I think, we talked about. and i are giving away free ideas, but I don't think I don't think some of them were that great. But like, we were talking about like, like insurance, like tournament insurance. <laughs> so like, if yeah. you bust out, like you, I don't know what our our financial model on that was. It seems like an awful idea as I think about it. But um, we were thinking about some sort of like tournament insurance where you were guaranteed a, a a minimum of your, of your money back. Or I think it was actually, I've seen this idea. I think it was expanding the bubble was another idea that we came up with. Like we would pay, you know, a certain number if you finished like, you know, in the, in 5% out of the bubble or something like that. So they had a lot of different poker ideas, but it was all like, Hey, I love poker. I know how to do this thing. I would love to make poker, you know, a central part of my life and something that I, I, pursued as because it's my passion. And we just came up with this big list and training site was an obvious one because they were popping up at that point pretty frequently. Um, I was a, you know, huge fan of card runners. I was a huge fan of, um, uh, what was that one? Poker savvy. I don't know if you guys remember that one. Yeah, Poker
0: um, Savvy was like my favorite actually.
3: Yeah. Poker savvy was great. Um, those are the two that I think I frequented the most back then. Um, and so we were, we kept coming back to the training site and, you know, we were like, well, the market seems, you know, there's a lot of people already doing training sites. Is it, is it worth doing? But I think then we got the idea of, you know what? We love tournaments. Like th- th- why don't we, why don't we do a training site, but focus solely on tournaments and become known as the, the tournament training site. And, uh, and that's that, that we just started to like really develop that idea. and, it it became like the momentum became incredible on that we really saw it saw the lane and we were like you know while i have a little bit of technical chops i'm a marketer too and we both thought like we really there's a there's a niche here that like they, no one's carved out tournament everyone's focusing on on everything and if we could just become specialized maybe we have a place in the market um and then and which you know obviously turned out to be true but then um Derek came up with the name, and once he did, that's it. I I just thought it was a brilliant name. Um, I remember you sending it over, a a aim a- 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 the instant message, the old instant message. Yeah. <laughs> <that's gone. AOL laughs> and and we were just throwing names out there. I I'll, I'll try to dig up the other name ideas we came up with. But when but you said how about tournament poker edge? I was like wow. I just stared at it. I was like that is a great name, and it went from there.
2: Yeah. Oh, but you <laughs> guys met on two plus two. Yeah. Um, you know, virtually and then yeah. you met in real life in Atlantic City and yeah. talked about possibly doing something together realized you had a lot in common and then decided to try to make something happen uh, this is uh, an amazing story uh, I feel like nowadays everybody would just complain about what other people are doing on Twitter <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're actually yeah. doing something themselves, so uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, maybe it was yeah. good that social media hadn't really gotten that big by then. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, I actually, I joke because I, um, I'm um i pretty sure I started a Twitter handle from the beginning and a Facebook page, but the one thing I definitely remember is that when we started TPE, we had a MySpace page for oh, yeah. tournament poker. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why or what the purpose of that was, but it went away pretty quick, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, just to expand a little bit too on what Diego's in, I think one of the reasons we ended up settling on a training site was like for selfish purposes. We were kind of like, well, yeah, you know, we we like talking poker and we want to get better at yeah. poker, so let's just let's start our own training site. And we always said, you know, we hated like as much as we loved some of those other training sites, we always hated like having to sit through like a week and a half worth of Raz videos before they started releasing tournament videos again. Yeah. You know. Um, so yeah, we just were kind of like, all right, worst case scenario, we end up building something that we can use, um, and best case scenario, maybe it actually makes some money or something.
2: Yeah. Well, let me, um, parallel this with where I was at when you guys were, um, first meeting online. Uh, you know, I was playing both online and live and I was really into poker road, which, oh, yeah. uh, for those who don't remember, cause I know that some of our listeners are, too young to remember Poker Road, but um, Joe Stapleton kind of got his start there. Ali Najad. Um, they basically had a podcast. Uh, Gavin Smith, the late Gavin Smith, was on it. Um, and, of course, the whole thing was founded by uh, Joe Seebach using his father, Barry Greenstein's money.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> yeah, he, they used to release a weekly podcast uh, where they would kind of goof off, talk about poker strategy, and I was a an avid listener. I wasn't into training sites at that point yet, um, but I was reading a lot of books about poker and working with a, a coach. So that was where my poker training was at. So then uh, I was talking to Joe Seebach about having uh, a comedy show on Poker Road because they actually ended up having a network, of multiple different podcasts and they already had a comedy thing, but what I wanted to do was a little bit different. And we almost had the contract finalized at the time when black Friday happened. So, um, after that, pretty much everything poker road just stopped because they didn't have any sponsors anymore. Yep. And they didn't see it as a viable business anymore. And then I had to wait nine years to have a poker podcast. <laughs> you should have asked us earlier.
1: <laughs> Instead,
2: what happened is you guys kind of filled the void that was left when uh, when Poker Road died, um, and, and all of us players were out there like wanting to listen to strategy content and other, you know, just poker news and what, whatever was going on and the poker podcast world was very bare. Um, You got to remember, listeners have to remember, this was a long time ago, and podcasting wasn't like, now there are like 75 million poker podcasts, but back then it was like Poker Road was it. And then you guys came, and I was like, oh, this is cool. Um, Yeah, they pick on each other a lot, but they're kind of funny. (laughs) And sooner or later, they do eventually talk about a hand or two.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
2: and, and then I listened and I, I grew with you guys. I was listening to you guys and you guys, the shows got better and better. The podcast got better and better. And uh, then they kind of stopped. And then that brings yeah. us to when I finally contacted Derek and said, look, we need to get that podcast going, man. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and man, am I glad we did. Yeah. It's been great. Yeah.
2: It's been one of the, the best things that's happened uh, since... Last year's World Series, to me.
1: <laughs> there I you love, go.
2: I love awesome. being uh, associated with you guys. And like you guys first met virtually online and then eventually in person, I hope to meet you all at the TPE meetup in Vegas. Because I, I, you know, listeners might not even know this, but I haven't met most of you.
0: That's <laughs>
2: right. <Yeah>. Ever. <laughs> That's the world we live in now. Face-to-face yeah. uh, is a luxury, but it's not necessary
3: yeah it it took a while for some of even some of the people that we started the, the the site with for us to meet them just we were doing everything virtually i mean Derek yeah. and i were i was always in, you know New York and he was in North Carolina so while we hadn't met um we we've probably met at this point maybe fifteen times in person right derek maybe yeah yeah maybe, up, to, right? up
0: to today you know? yeah.
3: so it was like yeah like once or twice a year for for nine years um and we did all this uh virtually so um it can be done uh but it is nice to to, to actually Get that time in person. Um, and we did a lot of, you know, especially early on when we started getting together, as the site started taking off, um, it was helpful for us to kind of strategize where we we're going to go next. And the, um, the podcast didn't start immediately. Um, there were a couple of things that we kind of discovered along the way. Um, one was the podcast, which started late in our first year. And um, and then I think TP University started in 2013. So those are those are things that kind of just naturally evolved from the original intention of the site. But as we started talking to more of the you know people who were um, using the site and seeing how they wanted to engage with us, we we figured some some things out there about the structure of what what we brought to the table.
2: Well, and Diego, speaking. you said that your background was in marketing,
3: yeah, and- software software marketing tech. I mean, as Derek said, I, I started my career as a as a, as a developer, a programmer, um, but I was not I wasn't great at it. Um, I was okay, uh, and and so I I knew enough to be dangerous. And then I got into so- the marketing side of software, um, but still know enough technically to to put some things together. At least the early versions of the site before, you know, we we low investment early on, right? We we just we weren't sure it was going to take off, so we didn't yeah. spend a lot of money on developers. And then once it uh once it took off, we you know we we said, all right, this is a real thing. Let's let's get some real developers in here to, to build it out the right way.
2: Yeah, so at that time, there really was a need for uh, a, a training site just for tournament players. Yep. And yep. anytime I listened to any of the shows on, Bo- on Poker Road, they would cut to commercial, and then I, I would hear this homemade uh, <laughs> ghetto commercial. <laughs> hey, tears are you looking for a site where you can learn about? You know? and I, <laughs> I, and I remember and writing I remember that script for him. Oh, I read read that. I mean, I listened to that, uh, to him do that commercial probably a million times with (laughs) podcasts that I was listening to. But obviously the name was perfect. Tournament Poker Edge, uh, you know, stuck in my head from the first time I ever heard the name. And this was as a potential customer, as a a person who was discovering the joy of listening to podcasts, Um, you know, because probably the first podcast I ever listened to was Poker Road. And then when that, you know, I had a void to fill in there. You guys were, but yeah, I remember the marketing because, you know, it seemed like you guys were sponsoring a lot of other related podcasts Mm -hmm. with your website. Yeah. That was really smart. Yeah.
0: And speaking of the podcast, one thing that's pretty cool since it is our nine year anniversary is I was looking at the numbers a couple of days ago and we're actually, I would say next week we'll probably cross the 1 million listens mark on the podcast. Um, so that's a lot of people who've had to (laughs) sit through our (laughs) rambling.
3: (laughs) I remember dropping some Easter eggs in there too. Like I remember getting to the end of like a three hour podcast once and being like, if anyone makes it here, please, you know, hit us up on Twitter and let us know you made it. And like for months after that, like six months later, someone would, would at us that they got to the end. (laughs) So we put in a lot of hours. Yeah. I
2: listened <laughs> to every episode in its entirety from that's awesome. the very first one. And I'm sure I'm not the only one. Um, maybe I didn't tweet about it, but I was like, yeah. wow, these guys are, are really doing their thing. you know. And you, you kind of gave a lot of um, not just poker strategy on the podcast. Of course, that's what it's always been focused on. By the way, guys, we are going to get to some strategy after we finish taking this Romantic walk down memory lane. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But uh, what I found interesting was the way you guys interacted with each other. It felt like I was um, in a fraternity house or (laughs) uh, backstage, maybe in a locker room of a baseball team or something like that. It was just guys that really knew each other well and had a certain way of relating to each other. That was uh, it was fun to listen to. Uh, I, I don't really have relationships like that. Um, <laughs> it's just like everything is just like you know. Uh, I don't want to say anything nice ever. So I
3: <laughs> would you like us to call you once a week and talk for an hour? <laughs> <laughs> just you know, put me down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, you know, I think I, I mean it was. It's been. It, and especially when we were doing them frequent, purely genuine, um, we would literally be talking for a half hour and then realize, you know what? Why don't we turn on the recorder and start recording? <laughs> um, it was yeah. it, it, we just it, we still, and to this date, everyone you know has real close relationships, and we we all know our our place in in the relationship. Yeah. <laughs> um, to the sense we all play our role, um, but we all genuinely like each other. Um, you know, at Casey's wedding, you know, great time. We were all out there. Like that, that's one of the times we all were in the same place at the same time. Um, and these guys, we, we built the, you know, we worked on this thing together for a long time and we're connected. We're almost family.
2: Yep. Yeah. Well, it's interesting to me that the guy who calls himself the big dog was the one that was kind of bullying everybody on that podcast. <laughs> yeah. But you could also tell, and, and I mean this, you could also tell that he cared about everybody and that he was really just in his own way that's how he was trying to help you guys get better at poker i mean casey's a great player obviously and he's a very very passionate uh, person and when it comes to poker like if you guys made a play that he didn't like he would let you know and sometimes it was comical to listen how hard he would you know just rain fire on somebody (laughs) (laughs) but also i i learned a lot from Listening to the disagreements. Yeah. Um, you know, once you guys started using Mark and some others that that came on a little bit later and they would sometimes push back with Casey, uh, and that would sh- that showed me that the things that I was simultaneously reading in, in poker books like Ed Miller books and things like, all right, so there's not always just one correct answer. Yeah. Sometimes right. in poker it's like this play makes sense, but also there are actually merits to doing it this way as well. And where one may actually have the highest, or, you know, the better EV or whatever, um, yeah. there are th- other things to think about, uh, especially in tournaments, which are complicated. Yep. So, you
3: know, yeah, you know the, uh, another uh, thing that those conversations taught me was that, um, you know, you really, <clears throat> it's easy to to make excuses or, or um, dispute what the feedback you're getting um you know your ego gets can get in the way of learning um and you know putting yourself out on a podcast <laughs> like that and bringing mistakes clear mistakes to a podcast um and then being able to handle that i think you know for me personally really helped me one with my game but two just kind of become better at a lot of different things in in, in my life and you know things in terms in my career and just in in general because it it's really easy to, you know, kind of frame a situation in a way that so- soothes your ego when you when you make mistakes or do something wrong. But when you put it out there and you have, you know, you're naked and you have Casey, you know, blasting. Um, whoa,
0: whoa, wait,
3: what? <laughs> 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 what oh, is that? For? <laughs> yeah. Okay, we're, uh, uh, <laughs> not on a live stream or anything like that. But, <laughs> um, but when you when you when you're when you but seriously when you're when you're out there and you you, you know you put your, you put your mistakes out there and then you know you have to face them. You, you can you know we brought the worst some of the worst hands that we played there, and I I think you have to do that to become better um, at anything is to really objectively look at it, and then you have someone like Casey who will obje- give you his objective opinion whether you like it or not. Um, it's something that you should bring more of into your life. So it was it was helpful for me.
0: Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. Yep. And it wasn't always fun, like yeah, <laughs> you know, putting yourself, especially because like I mean, we were never pros on the site, but you know, we we try we tried to be good at the game and still yeah. do, I guess. Um So yeah, to have somebody like be like, you are the absolute worst <laughs> poker player I've <laughs> ever seen. But it was always with good intentions and good heart, yeah. so yep. never took it personal. Yep, yeah, a personal.
2: And with that Canadian sort of, uh, you know, later, you know, <laughs> later. <Yeah. laughs> like sound like he hung up the phone on you later. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I've been trying to get Casey on, but he's got like seventy-five projects and what, fifteen children now. I'm not
0: sure. <laughs> he's but, definitely working <laughs> his way up there.
2: Yeah, he's a little busy for me. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm sure people would. Want to hear about um, the first time you guys decided to take your show on the road and go to Vegas uh, for the World Series of Poker? What year was that, and how did it go? I mean, to me, like some a, a phrase that's stuck in my head from all the hours of listening to your podcast before, long before I was ever even on the radar to be the host or something, is the TPE house. Yeah. There is. I mean, that should like go in a dictionary somewhere. Yeah. The TPE (laughs) house. So tell me about the TPE house the first time and how it went and um you know let's get some uh never before heard stories from you guys about the TPE house.
0: Yeah. So I'm honestly not even sure exactly what year was the first year. I'm thinking it was. It had to be the second year. Because.
3: It was definitely not the first year. I mean, we weren't, we had just started in April and we were not going out and getting a house a month and a half later. Yeah. So that's a good definitely point. not the first year. I think the, let's assume it, well, what was it? 2000? So 2011 was a black Friday year. Yeah. We have, we have done it. The black Friday year was such a weird time. It's really hard to say. Yeah. I think we might've, because if I remember correctly, people got their money back from poker stars, obviously didn't get it back from, from full tilt. Um, as fast so to speak (laughs) to say the least um but people did have money from poker stars and people wrote a lot of people going out there to 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 just kind of like take a a, either a last stab at poker or see if they could turn something live so i want to say it was 2011 and if it wasn't it was definitely 2012 um And, and I think the big thing that I don't know if we've we talked about or um, one of the more interesting is we, we tried to turn it into like the TPE live training
0: um, module oh, as well. Right.
3: Do you remember that? Derek?
0: Yeah, I I totally forgot.
3: Like we did a whole workshop. <clears throat> we had five or six, uh, you know, five or six of the players, uh, uh, members uh, pay for a more extensive training. And we did it. But it was so much work. Yeah. <laughs> it was so much work that everyone hated each other by the end. <laughs> <laughs> that was,
0: yeah, that was one of the times where I can remember being like, this sucks.
3: <laughs> yeah, this is not worth it. And then, and then I just kind of started thinking about how scalable it is. And I was like, well, I, you know, we make a video and I put it on a site and like thousands of people, tens of thousands of people, theoretically millions of people could watch this. I, we have to repeat this thing over and over again for 12 people. <laughs> yeah. um, it was, it, it just, we, so, so we, we tried the workshop thing and I, I was happy with the content. I was happy with the way day, the we way went, but we were just exhausted from it by the end. so that was something that we did that first year that, that, that we never, we never did again. Um,
0: something I always think about too, like when, when I think about the TPE house is the fact that I can remember like before then, probably before we even started TPE, like, probably on two plus two, like reading about guys who had all like moved in together in a house in Vegas yeah. or a house wherever, um, to grind online poker and just like live poker 24 seven. And I was like, man, yeah. I'm like married and I got a yeah. kid. Like yeah. I'm never going to get to do that. Like yeah. I'm never going to get to move in with a bunch of dudes and, or dudettes and like grind online poker and, and, and just literally talk poker 24 seven. And then somehow it happened <laughs> Yep. I was like, oh, maybe I will. Um but yeah, I mean it was it was a like kind of a big thing. Like I think that first year I went out the entire summer. So it's like kinda it is kinda weird to go to your wife and be like, Hey honey, yeah. um I'm gonna go to Vegas. She's like, Oh, okay, yeah. how long? Uh oh, two months. <laughs> 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 she's like, Wait, yeah.
2: I'm gonna... I'm almost the whole summer. Um yeah. I'll see you in August.
0: All yep. right. And I but Got I mean it. I've done it every year since for sort of varying time frames. Like I've been out as little as probably three weeks and as much as the whole thing. Um, But yeah, it's just a blast. Like it's so much fun. I I mean, you know, it's almost cliche now that to call it poker summer camp, but that's really is what it is.
2: That is. is. So when you first had the house, whether it was 2011 or 2012, uh, who were the original uh, frat boys, Mm -hmm. Drinking it up and talking about poker until all hours of the night, and telling you know bouncing bad beat stories off of each other. Who was who was in that original house?
0: Man, that was a whole different crew at the time. Um, yeah, it would have been me. Was the, and, you and
3: you and Casey. Was Casey at the first one? <coughs> yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. Casey was there. Okay, so you and Casey. Um, and it was
0: pre-Mark, so Mark wasn't yeah. there. It would have been Let's, Hagbard, Celine.
3: Yeah,
0: who's Ween. no longer in the com- with, with the company. In fact, I don't think he plays poker anymore. Yeah, um, a guy named Ween, who was yeah. one of the original pros. Uh, Sean Hendrickson, Cougars, yeah. and then what's... yourself, and that might have been it. And was Tim there? I'm trying to remember if Tim was there the first year or not.
3: Probably T Twi- Twist. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think yeah, a, he was. I'm pretty sure he was. Because I feel like I, I kind of remember him being there for the training.
3: Yeah, the I shop. think you're right. I think you're right. And then we, do we have any non-TPE? Uh, you know, like those are the core pros, but we started adding pros pretty quickly at that point. Um,
0: yeah, and I don't think any of them moved into the house. I do remember uh, Flows moving in towards the end. Yeah, because he but was But he wasn't ever really Charlie. part of TPE or anything. Yeah, he just, yeah. he's just kind of a uh, a hermit, so he just like yeah. put himself on the couch and never left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah
3: yeah and I remember um so I these guys would go there for the whole summer um I well for the whole WSOP I I was you know I never quit my day job um, so I was kind of juggling multiple things so I, I I wasn't able to go for the whole summer but um I would go for about a week and to me it was like as Derek said it was it was like the best week <laughs> of the year I just look forward to it all year um, we go play poker in the day, you know, most of the time, bust out, come back, barbecue in the backyard, have a couple beers, go to PTs. Um, I, I just looked forward to it every year. But I remember that first year. Um, as part, and Derek always would load up on the swag and bring it with him, and used to drive there in the beginning every time with like boxes of swag, right? I, so,
0: I shipped it a couple it? times, and I drove it a couple times.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, but one year, I think it was. Yeah, it was the first year. <laughs> Derek, deci- Derek decides that we're going to get TPE stress balls. Um, and so he has this, you know, four boxes of, of stress balls, which within a day or two became just weaponized. And we were like, you know, you couldn't walk anywhere without getting nailed in the head with a stress ball. <laughs> so it really was like a frat house. <laughs> um, a lot of fun. We had to come to like agreements, like, you you could get hit with the ball if you're on the sofa, but if you're in your room sleeping, you can't get hit. <laughs> but, but if you're sleeping on the sofa, you could. So, so there was all kinds of havoc and mayhem going on there. Yeah.
2: So who was on the rules committee that helped you decide where it's okay to kill someone <laughs> with a stress
1: ball? <laughs> yeah, we we kind
0: of had to like pretty quickly start to establish rules. Like I remember that being one. I also remember that like messing with anybody's laptop or a computer was like strictly prohibited because you know, you get people like you just have your Facebook account open or something and somebody would go in and do something like, all right, none of us need to like get in trouble over any of this stuff. (laughs) So, so yeah, I think those were the two big ones. Like you couldn't, yeah, you couldn't go in anybody's room and you couldn't mess with anybody's computer. Pretty much everything else was on the table.
3: (laughs) But I'll tell you the best thing was the talking about hands into the night in the backyard. It's just the best thing. I mean, you think the podcast is fun when we sit and talk about hands. We would sit in the back with, like I said, with a couple of beers, barbecue, and I mean, you know, not even our bust out hands, but the hand that was like really just perplexing us, right? Or you just felt like you could have played better. Um, and then you'd have, you know, willing, the, you know, everyone who was there loved the game of poker, right? And just loved to deconstruct these hands. It, it's it's what we did on the podcast, but it's what we would do in the backyard. Um, I mean, I just remember sitting with Mark and talking about a pair of sevens um, for like four hours <laughs> looking at all the different ways that that hand could have gone and how we should have played it. It was just just awesome. So much yeah,
2: every, every accomplished player I know has friends that are willing to yep. go deep into yep. a hand for a long time and really analyze and really think about it. Now with the advent of solvers and, and things yeah. like that, it might not be as much of a debate because you can kind of just yeah. plug it into the computer and, and figure out what's what's you know more or less quote unquote correct. But you know lately on the podcast here, we've been talking about how there is a difference between uh, being unexploitable and maximizing yeah. your expected value. So uh, you know even there, I think even when somebody can prove that something is GTO, uh, it still doesn't necessarily mean it's what you should do.
1: Yeah.
3: I've, I've been wondering about that myself <laughs> a lot recently because I do <laughs> see the trend toward, you know, I've, obviously there's a trend towards GTO that's been going on for a while. And, and always the back of my, my head is, is is it, oh I mean, I guess, it, you know, you can't go wrong by being GTO, but in, a, in an isolated situation, um, you know, what are the routes of exploit to play that could be correct or actually even more suitable for that particular moment?
2: So it's yeah. interesting that
3: you're talking about that.
2: Yeah, we've been talking about it a lot lately because it's it's uh, it's uh a question I've been struggling with. I mean, is it better to sit down knowing that – I mean, now uh, first of all, GTO is not solved. Like we don't yeah. – no limit hold'em is not solved. Yeah. So even though you can maybe isolate a certain exact spot, if I have 12 big blinds on the bubble or whatever, you know, uh, break down the exact spot, then you might be able to solve one particular spot mathematically and say, I know for sure – that this is the best play. But more often than not, all GT, all GTO, all game theory can do for you is make sure that you can't lose. Right. Um, no matter what I do, right. I can't lose. But that doesn't mean this is the right, the best way for me to play. Just yeah. because I can't lose doesn't mean I couldn't win more. Right. So you know, there are many games where it would just be silly to play a GTO style when your opponents are so clearly yeah. exploitable. Right, so we're all kind of struggling with that. I think the whole poker world is struggling with when should I play like a robot computer, and when should I play like a human who's playing against other humans? And uh, until everybody gets so good at the game that everybody's playing at or near the theoretically correct, uh, you know, like frequencies or whatever, then it's it's especially in live poker, it's going to be more correct it's going to be more profitable anyway to uh, go ahead and leave yourself open to being exploited by people who are never going to exploit you. Right. So Absolutely. That's Agreed. what we do. So uh, maybe that's a good place for us to uh, get into your hand, Derek, unless you guys want to uh, share anything else about the nine Well, let me ask you this before we do the hand, actually. Did you ever think that you would last nine years with all these other training sites dropping dead left and right? In the, in the wake.
0: I don't think, I, I'm not sure we ever thought that far ahead. I think, honestly, the only question we ever really asked ourselves was, like, will we, like, lose money? <laughs> like, yeah. well, you know, because I can kind of remember saying, like, man, if we just, like, break even, that'd be cool. We'll have done something. <laughs> that, we'll have learned a few things.
2: You weren't relying on it as your sole source of income.
0: No. No,
3: no, but, I mean, I, w- I will say um, we we were successful pretty fast you know, pre-black Friday it became very clear that it was working um, and we were we were growing really quickly and and we we were very happy with where we were by the end you know by day 364 um, yeah. and then <clears throat> then back Friday hit and it was I mean things cratered really really quickly you know because everyone's like didn't know what was going on so I think the first like literally people the next day were canceling subscriptions um, left and right and then even those who weren't, you know, they, they would see the next, they would see the next bill and they would be like, Oh, I forgot I had that thing. Let me cancel it now. Right. (laughs) So, so it was, it was, uh, within, within a year, you know, we, we were like one fifth of our member base. And so at that point, um, we were pretty sure it was going to die, um, pretty quickly. But prior to that, it was going so well that I think, you know, and we start, we actually, we, we made an affiliate deal with card player magazine, um, we, we started to we were I, I know I, I'm pretty sure I speak for Derek when I say we both saw the path to TP becoming you know the full-time thing and then expanding beyond training. perhaps there's a cash game sister site like we, we were like, okay this is working. Um, yes. I, I think this could become something that becomes the thing and as poker grows, we'll continue to grow with it um, but so, so I, I do think there was there was the intention um, but then after Black Friday, if you had asked me in August of 2011, I would have said, we probably have like six months left, um, maybe nine months. Um, but then we kind of shifted our strategy. Um, we did, you know, start to go out to Europe a little bit more. We signed a couple of European players to make videos. Um, and we didn't necessarily change our, our marketing, um, you know, our content, but we did advertise a little bit more there. And then, you know, Live play started to take off a little bit more. And so we, we saw the US players come back a little bit. Um, and then our pros had some really good years, um, in 2012, 13, 14, and it got back to where it was. Uh, but it was, you know, it took a long time to get back to where it was, but it never, you know, it didn't, it didn't have the same growth rate, um, that it did. So sorry, long, long answer to your question, but, um, we, we, we would have expected it to have died pretty quickly after, after Black, Black Friday.
0: Yeah. I would agree with all of that, and I think yeah. the biggest thing too like I you know in terms of adding anything else before we go into strategy i I would definitely just say like thanks to all the members who've been around yeah. I and mean, we we literally have people who've been with us for yes. you know eight years
3: <laughs> um, call the oG call the OGs yep
0: I would love to go in fact I and I probably should at some point I would love to go find the longest member yeah. and like send him something cool or, or whatever um but yeah, I mean like it, it really. I think a big reason why we've been around so long and why we were successful in the beginning is that we always like put a lot of focus on the community aspect yeah. of TPE. Oh, yeah. um, you know, we've always done a meetup every year in Vegas. Uh, we even, we even. I remember one year in Atlantic City, we invited players uh, during like a circuit event or something to like breakfast to basically give us feedback on the business. Like, what do you guys want to see more of? What don't you like? What you know? What's frustrating for you? Um, and I think doing that kind of stuff really set us apart from, you know, a lot of the competition.
3: I mean, we were the best customer. We were, we were the customer, like Derek and I knew exactly. We, we tailored it to the type of people like us who loved poker, maybe didn't have enough, um, enough, enough friends in their life that played <laughs> poker, didn't know who to talk to about it. Um, we were looking for a community, you know, it's evolved a little bit beyond that today. Um, but at least, you know, early on, I think, it really reflected the product that we wanted and we, we knew, we knew what intuitively what, what to make. Um, so we, we found that the members really latched on. Um, those early members were really, really strong, strong advocates for us too. Yeah.
2: You guys still don't
3: have any friends. No, (laughs) now we, yeah, now we just talk to each other.
0: (laughs) Just, just people like big dog and you can hear he talks to us.
2: (laughs) He's like your big brother. Yeah. 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 Yeah
0: really big brother yeah (laughs) Yeah.
2: but it's all love you know and it just It it comes from love actually i i can remember uh many years ago uh you know one of my poker mentors coaches is uh anton wig from sweden and i asked him one day i was like is there anybody that when you play uh you just feel like you never win against that particular player like you know when he or she comes to your table, are you just like, oh no, I can never win a pot against this person? And he said, Casey, oh,
1: yes.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Big dog pocket I never know what he's up to. He just loves yeah. the game. Yeah, <laughs> he does. <love> the game. <laughs> yeah, he's and I, I know. Position. I know yeah. what Anton means by that. Like Casey loves the game. Like to him, it's always about the spot. Yep. It's mm-hmm. you know, it's not about laddering up, and it's not about. Uh, you know what the book says I should do. He's in it. He's in the game. And he, if he thinks he has a spot, he doesn't care what two cards he has. Yeah. And so true.
3: Yeah. He's there's... not GTO. He's not a GTO. Player. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's Like the opposite. So
2: he's probably way more profitable than uh, a computer with his cards would have been, because yep. he, you know, he's he's exploiting people's tendencies and and capitalizing on their mistakes and maximizing his win rate. That way. So, uh, it, yeah, I just remember when Anton said that, and I said, wow, that's uh, that's really interesting, because uh, I don't know what it would be. I've never played against KC, but I, I don't think it would be easy. Uh, how do you put him on a range? Because I right. do you know if he's playing the right range or if he's like feels like he's got a spot.
3: Yeah.
2: There's yeah. such a thin line between um, being a a overly aggressive loose aggressive fish and playing that hyper aggressive but knowing where you're at at all time style and you know Casey always seems to be on the right side of that line. Yep.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. There were so many times when we were doing hand discussions where he would say what he would do and I'd be like well I can never do that. So Yeah.
1: <laughs> <That's> so <laughs> Thanks true. for the
0: feedback though. <laughs> I don't have character. the
2: cojones. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: All right. Well, let's talk about what kind of cojones we do have, because we've got a hand. Uh, why don't you talk us through it, Derek? And whenever it's your time to make a decision, we'll we'll talk about what we think you should do before you do it.
0: That sounds good. Yeah, so this is from uh, the 20K Guaranteed on America's Card Room. Um, from, I think, a few months ago, I played this hand. Um, we are currently... Sitting with a oh, hundred big blinds at seventy-five, one hundred and fifty, uh, and we are in the cutoff with Queen Ten of Spades. Uh, it folds all the way around to us, and we raise to three ninety-nine. So I guess about two and a half X, um, which I think everybody—I think everybody's raising Queen Ten of Spades from the cutoff, hundred big blinds deep. I would assume. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. So I don't think we need to spend too much time on that aspect.
3: Yeah. I'll, I'll take this part. Raise. Go ahead. <laughs> you take a off top part, so <laughs> yeah.
0: See, it's this kind of great analysis that you can <laughs> you can get at tournament poker at. That's why um, I never made a video. <laughs> so, um, raise yeah, from so, the
2: cutoff with Queen 10. That's yeah. why you guys stayed in business for nine yeah. years.
0: Exactly. Yeah. In fact, that's going to um, be the new tagline on the, the new version of the website we're building. It's going to just say raise from the cutoff with Queen 10 suited. <laughs> so is this
2: like a $20 buy-in or what? I believe okay. it's
0: a, yeah I believe it's a $22 tournament okay as I recall um, all right and so um oh I do want to say too we're not building a new version of the website I don't want to get anybody out there to get excited <laughs> It'd be like when's the new site coming out yeah. oh um, oh sorry <laughs> that's okay <laughs> all
2: right so uh yeah so you have do you remember what you kind of stack you would start with in a tournament like this
0: Probably started with ten k, and right now we have fifteen. So we've chipped up a little.
2: All right, so it's still pretty early in the game, yeah. right?
0: Yeah, definitely.
2: So it's seventy five, one fifty with a fifteen ante, and we have like a hundred big blinds. Um, so we raise
0: with yeah, we qu- raised. Yep, we raised to three ninety nine, about two and a half x, and we get um, we get three bet by the button. To twelve fifteen, so about three x. Um, he's running relatively like normal numbers. I mean, maybe a little limpy. He's running 23.9 three um, nine with a four percent three bet. So it's not like he's super three bet heavy. Um, I don't know if I love. Well, I guess first, what would you guys do in this spot? Uh, the the blinds both fold. By the way.
3: Okay, so have, it's you, just folded it back. Up. Do you have an image or at all? I mean, like. Does, do you have any image that um, we should know about?
0: My image is probably relatively snug. I'm running twenty three seventeen, so again, okay. like not, you know Okay. Not aggro, but not like super knit either. Just sort of really regular numbers.
2: Okay. Yeah, very reggy
3: numbers there.
2: are uh, you okay. go first, Diego. What do you want to do about this three bet?
0: Okay.
3: Um I'm I am i am just gonna call. Um evaluating options. I not I don't I'm not gonna fall. I think we're deep enough to Play this. I think it, you know, can flop reasonably well um, for us. I think it's too strong to fold, um, and I don't think I want to get out of, you know, either fold to a five bet or um, get called and play it out of position. So that's my rationale.
2: Yeah, I think it's a good rationale. Um, I think under these circumstances, I would I would actually fold, and the reason why is uh, I'm. Old school about certain things, and I can just remember so many years ago. Like one of the first really big internet superstar players, David Benefield, used mm-hmm. to write um, articles for Card Player, which I, you know, I used to subscribe to and read. Yep. Uh, and he talked a lot about one thing you should never do. Now this was, you know, two thousand seven, two thousand eight. One thing you should never do is call a three bet from out of position. And I, I thought that was extreme, but he said if you never do that, then you never end up playing with what's probably the worst hand mm-hmm. from definitely the worst position in an inflated pot with an opponent who gets to go after you. Now the case for doing it is that your hand is so playable, right? I mean, we, we're no, we know if we hit the flop or not with this hand. It's it's uh it, it's got it's got good flop ability. You could flop a flush draw. You could flop. You know, a top pair with a decent kicker. But the argument for folding is that so many times you're going to miss the flop and just have to check and fold. And now you're going to lose all these blinds in yeah. this pot. Mm-hmm. And the main reason that I want to fold is the sizing. Um, I don't know what standard sizing online is these days because I'm not really playing that much. I did jump on ACR not too long ago, but I'm not exactly, um, you know, the best person yeah. to ask what's going on online. But you only made it three ninety nine, and he bumped it all the way up to twelve fifteen, which is more than three <laughs> times your bet. Which, at least in the live realm, that would be considered a pretty serious
0: three bet. Yeah, um, that, that is definitely screams strength.
2: Yeah. So <laughs> if we know he's strong, and we only have queen ten, and he's not that out of line with his three betting, maybe this is just a. I mean, I hate to fold such a beautiful hand with suit, two suited broadways but i don't know i mean am i too tight i just think i would throw it away and play the
0: next hand i definitely see like i think there's merit to both of your responses um i mean i think when it's queen 10 off it becomes a pretty easy fold and for some yeah. reason if suited just i guess plays so much easier um that well I, it gives I, you a lot
3: of a lot of things you could semi me bluff later on which could be more of a a noose
0: to hang yourself with, but true. I think also being, being this deep helps too. I mean, I think if we're 50 big lines, it just becomes a different situation or, you know, obviously forty or 30 becomes even worse. Um, but yeah, I I definitely like, I don't have a strong opinion either way. I mean, I know what I do in the moment, but, um, I, I like if, if there was a, a Bible to tell me exactly what, to do with it. And it said fold. I wouldn't be surprised. And if I said call, I wouldn't be surprised.
2: Yeah. Well, I can imagine, um, like Assassinato, would find some way to go through every hand you've ever played on the internet and see how much you've lost by mm-hmm. calling yeah. out of position and yeah. then missing stops and checking and folding. Right. Um, so I, that's not that's not to say that it's a terrible call either, because like you guys have both pointed out, we have a hundred blinds. Uh, and I agree that it's a worse call the shorter your stack is. Yep. So, yeah. and I think it's a it's a more justifiable call with like 200 big blinds. So definitely stack size makes it not terrible. But to me, I just I try to stay out of those spots. I don't like to not be the one in control in a hand. And so
0: this will just be like, okay, well I'm
2: going to call and hope I hit. And if I don't hit, I'm probably not going to win
0: the pot. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, so, we do decide to call um, at the time. So, there's 2790 in the pot now. And again, we have Queen-10 suited, out of position. And the flop comes down Ace-King-Jack with two clubs. So, it's a pretty good flop. Brian. Yeah, it's not the worst flop I've ever seen. <laughs> a little more uh, rainbow would be preferred, but I'll take it.
2: Yeah, so we have no chance to make a flush. That's the only bad news I can find yeah. on this
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, Yeah. All
1: right, yeah.
2: so now having called out of position, I think we just want to check every time,
0: let the three-better take a stab at it, right? That seems standard to me. What do you think, Diego?
3: Yeah, totally uh, agree. Um, and I'm a little out of practice, so I'll just throw out there. I mean, I guess, I guess are we going to check-raise here, <laughs> or are we going to you know, just call and fill the pot later. Uh, what do you, uh, I guess, yeah. or, sorry to change, drive the conversation there, but that's the first thing I think I'm like, no, I it's think a good, check. Great question. What is check- your pledge, Derek? Yeah.
2: What
0: is, yeah, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, because we're so deep, um, I don't mind the idea of going for the check raise right now to try to build this pot up. Um, obviously, you know, it, this flop is really good for a three betting range. Yeah, and if he has something like nines, well, we're probably not going to get anything else out of him anyway. Yeah, at this point, so even if we just smooth yep. call here and then check the turn, then he's just going to check back, and then yep. we're going to bet, and he's going to fold, etc. Yeah, so I think like I think we go I think we go for the check raise right here on the flop, I, I, uh, I, hoping that, hoping that he has you know flopped a set or has top two or anything or yeah. even like ace queen. Uh, Etc. I would, agree. Be, that would I, be agree. My play.
3: I agree, and with a second to think about it, I think it's. I'm now advocating a check raise even more because um, there's a lot of shutdown cards on the turn that mm. will completely freeze him. Um, and if you check raise now, you know the flush draw that's out there um, could entice him to you know to think that you're you're bluffing. Um, and if and he's got a good chance of having two pair, right? Mm. Um, and so he's gonna just probably get it in at this point, um, or maybe just call and see on the street, but maybe you're too deep for him to jump right all in. But I do think there's just so many shutdown cards in the turn that you're going to want to try to get all the the money in here if you can.
2: Yeah. I love, I love thinking about what to do with the nuts. You know, it's so rare to have the (laughs) 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 great, a great problem. Like just imagine (laughs) myself in this situation. I mean, obviously when you have the nuts, um, you, you, you can't make too many big mistakes. I mean, we're not going to fold, so... Um, yeah. yeah, I don't see any reason to lead out. I don't think I would have much of a leading range on this board. Um, yeah, I would agree. But this is a board that hits, our, hits a lot of our opponents' uh, three-betting range, right? He could have aces, he could have kings, he could have jacks. He could certainly have three-bet with ace-king, ace-jack. I don't know if... Most players with a 4% three-bet range could have king-jack, but I'm not going to rule it out either. Right. So, um, I think we're going to check, and I agree with you guys. I hope he bets a lot, and I want to raise a lot, because he probably hit this flop pretty hard.
0: Yeah. Um. So he does – go. Well, we check, and he does go ahead and bet. He bets pretty small, though, 930 into a pot of basically 2,800. Oh. Um, so – pretty small, which it tells me either he, like, it would tell me two things. One, he does have some hand like eights or something where he's just going to bet, and if he gets three bet, he's going to fold. Or he has a strong hand, and he's trying to get us to three bet, or just make sure he gets value from my entire, like, flatting his three bet range. Um, So I don't actually mind, like... I'm not that bummed when I see his sizing because if it is those two options for why he's betting that size, then again we're not getting called we're not getting any more chips out of him if he's got an underpair, um, and if this is a value bet then that's awesome because we have the nuts. <laughs> so um, so I think we can raise and I think we can raise on uh, you know pretty big, uh, expecting to get to see him fold immediately or eventually get all these chips in.
2: Yeah. So then yeah. if that's the case, I'm oh, sorry, go ahead, Diego.
0: Jump no, here. I was just going to say, I really like the logic there.
3: So yeah. I, yeah. Go ahead.
2: Yeah. Go ahead. So when he bets here, if he's got a hand, he's not going to continue with, he's taking his one little continuation bet. And when we raise to any size, he's going to fold. And if we just flat, then he's not going to bet anymore or put another chip in anyway. So we might as well be optimistic and try to get him for some chips. Yeah. Um, I like I like a really big check raise here. And the reason why is because I'm trying to figure out how to get this whole 14,000 in. And with him only starting the action with 930 um as a bet size, like I don't stand much chance of doing that unless I raise, you know, enough to start getting some of these chips in the middle. So, we've already put in uh 1200 of our 14,000, so we've got 135 left um, I think a good place to start might be making it like 3,000 here mm-hmm. Maybe 3300 like you know pretty big sizing because again what's he gonna do is he might worry that you have Queen 10 if you rate, make a big raise but if he's got a set or two pair yeah and he's, he's not going anywhere
3: even though he I'd like I'd like to make that one last move I think that's that's what you, you, he's got a. He can't just call and see. We don't want to make it small enough where he can just call and see the next card. We're gonna want him right. to, to make the one big move. Um, Derek, I forgot to ask. Was it a hundred bigs effective, or did did he have less than you?
0: Do you know what his stack is to start? Uh, he has a little. He had a little more than me to start. Okay. A, All right. Okay. I think. So yeah. Yeah. But so it's I, pretty I close though.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I like I like a bet that's big enough to you know force him to decide, whether they try to you know put an end to the hand here if he thinks he's putting an end to the hand here or or if he's happy to get it all in as opposed to call
2: if if we make it three thousand, i mean it's not terrible for him if he wants to call with some of his hands um like especially i i don't he might be worried enough about our hand that he doesn't want to just shove and and pray that we don't have the the nuts Mm -hmm. um what's good for him is if he has I mean what's good for us I should say is if he has the very top of his range like pocket aces pocket kings he could feel we would make this same play with pocket jacks
1: mm-hmm. so right um you know we're,
2: he's close enough to the nuts that he's never folding if he's got one of those hands and like I said before I think we should be optimistic and try to you know because it doesn't much matter if he doesn't have the top of his range, we should just play this hand, assuming that he does.
0: Right. Agreed. I, yeah, yeah, I think that's perfect. And I um, I, I agree with both of you that we want to go big on the 3-bet. And I think I could have – or I'm sorry, the check raise. Um, I think I could have gone more like you were saying, like, well, at least 3K, maybe even like 3200 or something. I went 2799. Which I think is fine, but I think a little bit bigger is just—it's just, just going to make it a little easier to get all the chips in. I think, it, especially if he does just flat here.
3: Yeah, um, if it's yeah. any consolation, like that was my first thought too, and then I changed it when I heard <laughs> Clayton's rationale. But it's kind of like my default there too, and I think it's probably too small. Yeah.
2: So, guys, that's um, um, that's interesting that you just said that uh, the default. I feel like, and I'm not you know, saying this about you in particular, but I find that so many players I talk poker with nowadays, they kind of revert uh, to the default uh, without really thinking about what different bet sizing could do for them. It's like, um, it's too easy to just say, well, you know, when I raise, I raise two and a half times the pot. When I bet, I bet a third of the pot, whatever your default happens to be. It's just different bets do different things. And when I have the nuts, I always think what's the best way for me to try to get the whole stack in. I mean, that should always be the goal when you flop the
3: nuts. You know, you know, what's interesting about that though, is that there's the balance between there's a reason why we use defaults, right? It's because we can only handle so much cognitive um, pressure. Like, We can only, we can only, we can only process, we can only handle so much cognitive processing, right? Before our brains get fatigued and, and, you know, we can't respond to all stimuli, right? So I think as a shortcut, we develop these defaults. So what I'm interested in is how do you train your brain to break out of those preset patterns at the right times? Like, this is a, this is a good time. Like, what's the signal that you can give your, your brain to say, don't just cuz don't just do what you always do here this is a unique situation and you should be thinking slightly differently and i, I don't know how to do that cuz usually <laughs> you you, resolve, you realize it in retrospect that it was a unique situation um and I, I think it's hard to it's hard to always be on um you can't you have to have some shortcuts otherwise you can't function <laughs> um so how do you how do you break out of it um at the right time uh, maybe maybe it's just you know continuing to look back at hands like this and realizing where the inflection points were. And then you'll see them in the future as they come up. What do you think about that, Derek?
0: Yeah, I think there's a lot of truth to that. I mean, the number of times where I've done hand history reviews, either on this podcast or on training videos or whatever, where I go, man, if I had just had like this five minutes or 10 minutes, instead of the 20 seconds that I had to think this through, I would have played it completely different, um, And I also think, you know, there's always the, I always, I hate using this excuse, but like, uh, I've talked about it a million times on my videos with Mark, you know, I stream, I play tables or whatever. There's so many times where it's just kind of like, okay, I know I want to go for the check raise here. I check, he bets. Oh, okay. Now it's time for me to check raise. What's a good size? Oh, I don't know. 3X, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Like you're just moving along so fast. But I think live one tabling I would probably do this all a little bit differently, um and I think also, like i said if, if it was if I was online and I had you know a two minute time counter instead of ten seconds, I would do it completely different too
2: yeah, well, that's a great um you know that, that's that's really good analysis of why this happens uh when you're playing more than one table online and you're also trying to entertain your twitch audience. <sighs> I think, you, as as Diego mentioned, we only have so many brain cells that we can engage at once. <laughs> yeah, and, right. and so then I think something that does fall by the wayside with um, online poker is the nuances of different bet sizing and how yeah. they can offer your opponent different pot odds, tell a different story, help you accomplish whatever your goal happens to be in different ways when it's so easy. And the sites make it easy. Here's to click the half pop button or you can click right. one third of the pop button you know whatever and if you're playing eight tables you need to be clicking those buttons or you're yeah. probably going to time out somewhere so that's yeah. that's
3: the hud feature i want right like i want it to ring and say this is a this is a spot this is something worth your your brain this is you know like
0: this yeah.
3: is get get off of autopilot and pay attention to this because i've observed a pattern here
0: like it's going to pop up the are you sure question yeah. mark <laughs> yeah
3: yeah, and I'm sure that's all against sure? the terms of service, right, of the sites, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure you can't do that, but that'd be the HUD I want, the one that tells me, like, this is interesting, and you should...
2: I you just should. want the old-school Microsoft paperclip to jump yeah. out and be like, do you It'd really be- want a bad <laughs> half <the> pot? Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure? sure? <laughs> it looks like you're trying to make a mistake. Do you want to read it mistake? Yeah. Really- <laughs> yeah.
1: Right.
2: yeah. Right. But, okay, so, but yeah, that's fine. I mean, it's it's not impossible to get this stack in. Now that right. we've made it twenty seven ninety nine, um, but I just think it'd be a little easier if we put in a few more hundred. So yeah, I would agree. Uh, right. But we do go
0: with the twenty seven ninety nine, and the villain calls. So we go to the turn with eight thousand three hundred and eighty eight chips in the middle, and the turn is the ace of spades. So now the board reads jack, king, ace, ace. Uh, two clubs. Um, not our favorite card in the world. Uh, because, you know, we did say that a lot of what he could have had was sets and two pairs. And that means all of <laughs> all of that just got there. Oh, um, except the King Jack, one. I guess. That's, that's a bad card. Yeah, this yeah. is a terrible card. Um,
2: we said before that his range for calling our check race on the flop would be big hands. Yeah, and like we definitely knew he would throw away like you know I think somebody said pocket eights, right? Yeah, that that's a no brainer bet fold in his hand in his shoes. Um, Do we think he could have three bet pre flop with something like king queen, ace queen, ace ten? Are there hands that we can beat? Are there? uh, That's the wrong question. Are there many hands that we can beat that are? In his range that we're still beating now that the board paired the ace. And,
3: and let, before you answer that, Derek, the, it was was it the ace of clubs or or was it a king and jack? Like was the was the ace club? Oh,
0: uh, king jack of clubs, uh, ace of diamonds, ace, ace of spades. Of okay.
3: So he could have a, you know, a, a, he could have the ace of clubs and like a king. All right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Okay. Or he could okay. have ace ace ten clubs like ace club 10 club so he could he could he could be on a four card flush here i'm just trying to think of what he has that's
0: not good yeah right now that is true that's like the one like the well i won't say the one hand but one of the few hands that we're still out of like ace 10 yeah. ace nine suited ace eight suited like maybe people three bet those from the button is yeah. deep they probably do actually yeah i think so yeah so we do beat some ace x and that, cool. and that's
3: something that would call here i think as opposed to the and yeah. shut down so okay Right. Especially if he has a flush draw. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's why I wish that's... Yeah, Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, but I think Derek might... If I'm not mistaken, I think Derek feels like he might get action from an Ace-10 that doesn't have a flush draw. Sure, right. Yeah, or an
0: Ace-9, Ace-8. Yeah, I think that's still possible. Um, Also, just to, to like, sort of... um, As we're thinking about our decision here, just to give the the listeners an idea of sort of stacks and everything. So there's 83, 88. Let's call it 8,400 in the middle. We have 10.6K behind, uh, and the villain has 14.4K. So, you know, and we're out of position, so we have to decide what are we doing now on what we, I think, all agree is probably the worst turn, Um, except maybe the Ace of Clubs would be worse. Um, Like, do we want to lead here now? You know, keep taking the lead to the aggression, or are we now going to check and kind of see what this guy thinks about an Ace on the turn?
1: Well,
2: let me ask you this. Um... If we lead, are we gonna fold if he raises? Or, I mean, the problem is we've we we've, we've successfully managed to get a good chunk of our stack into this pot. We're right at one third. You know, our next bet is gonna get us up to like one half of our yeah stack in this in this pot with a straight. So it's not like we're doing this with one pair. I don't know if I can do that and then fold profitably and sleep at night.
0: Yeah. yeah. I also I feel the same way, but, but I also hate the idea of uh checking because we're pretty much sag- like just giving up on, on the pot. Which maybe we should. Uh, I mean, maybe you know. If we agree this is the worst card, then maybe it's time to just give up. But I like it I mean if we check he's gonna bet his ace ten. Right. We so gotta, if, we, know,
2: if we check we should be planning to I mean, yeah, I, it, it is the worst card, and it's the whole reason this hand is so interesting. Yeah. I mean, you know, playing the nuts on the flop was fun, but now we really have something to think about. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I am afraid that we're beat, uh, but I'm not. I'm not really planning to fold a straight.
0: I mean, I guess we could bet really small, like bet like twenty two fifty or something. And then fold to a shove. I mean, we'll still have like 60, 70 bigs behind or something ridiculous. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, yeah, we're still sitting on 100 big blinds. Yeah, know? I mean,
3: I can't Actually, see. Actually, no,
0: we're not. That's what we started the hand with. My bad.
3: But I, I, yeah, I can't see you betting tw- 2200 and him bluff shove. I mean, like, I guess some people have that in them, but, you know, we're t- I would think that's elite. <laughs> um, right. Yeah.
2: I do actually. I'm not kidding. I do that kind of stuff all the time. Like, if I think that uh, a guy is like betting so much less on the turn than he bet on the flop because he's afraid and actually doesn't like the turn and just doesn't want to check to me, that's something yeah. that, you know, depending on my opponent, that's a big part of my game. Exploiting bets that I think are defensive
3: or right. scared bets. You are elite, my friend.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah that's the exact, it's the exact kind of spot where that like we were talking about Big Dog and how he just abuses spots like if he sees a guy bet like 2500 into the spot he's just gonna be like yeah later <laughs> all in
2: yeah, yeah I'll <laughs> take it now thanks it's yeah. funny that you said a leak because earlier I thought you said that you thought it was a leak
3: <laughs> oh no I I was like that's a really I mean that's a strong play Um, if you can detect that and do it on a bluff. A lot of people just don't have that 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 in their arsenal.
2: Yeah. It's also super exploitable because sure. if you want to raise you, all you have to do is bet small. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: You're right.
0: <laughs> I mean, the cool thing for him is that even if he's doing it essentially as a bluff, a bl- well, I guess it wouldn't really be a bluff. But let's just say he has like ace-nine. I mean, the guy still has a ton of outs when when we snap him off well unless we have ace king or ace jack but we aren't going to have that very often when he has an ace so like yeah even when he if we if we make a 2500 he shoves like he's never dead most likely a lot of
2: a lot of players uh would take your line on the flop with a flush draw and then bet really turn as a trying to set the price to try to see if he can hit his flush on the river.
0: Yeah, very true. You
2: don't see it as much when the board pairs like that, but it does happen. So, I mean, he could easily put you on a flush draw and just try to protect his three of a kind with a big raise if you
3: bet small here. So, so I gotta tell you, my gut is check fold, and I'm not sure I can verbalize it why. Why? I I I just think I think he'll be happy to take a free card. Um, Well, will he be? Let's see if if he's if he's Mm, uh, now that I think through it, if he's if he's on the draw, it's a perfect spot for him to take it away. Although you three bet, so I'd be afraid to just try to take it on the turn if I were him. I'm sorry, you raised the, the flop, so I'd be afraid to bet on the turn if I'm just... I, I might take the free card there. So, I'm sorry, I know I'm talking out loud and thinking through it, but um, my intuition is that this hits him really, really hard. And if he shows strength, I'm probably just going to fall. I could be wrong in this where He probably yells at me, be wrong the podcast, but I um, guess that's what, I'm just telling you what I would do in
1: game.
0: <laughs> right, right, right. No, I think that's I think it's a reasonable line. Like, I mean, if, if we're so convinced that so much of his range just improved, then yeah. it can't be the worst thing. And I think that I mean, I,
2: he asked a question I asked a few minutes ago, guys, which is what hands does he call uh, a check raise with on the flop that we are still beating now that the board pair? So, and, and the answer to that question will tell us how we should respond to, um, yeah, you know, further heat from him. That,
3: he yes. a- that, you're, you're clarifying why I'm. You're helping clarify why because I think the hands that do do that do call that often that that we're still ahead of, often check behind here. That's why if I check Uh. and he raises, I'm sorry, if I check and he bets, that implies to me that this hit him hard and and he's ahead now. But I think the cards that we're ahead of, you know, uh, the cards that, you know, are maybe an ace, I don't know, but the cards that we're ahead of, like take a free card, especially all the the flush draws, we'll take a free card here. And maybe the aces bet, if you know a, a berries bets here, but um, I think it's mostly the draws that bet behind here, and uh, that's, that the draws take a free card here, and the ones that bet are the ones that are the ones that actually are ahead of us now.
0: Yeah, that's fair points. I think ace 10 is the one thing that we'll still yeah. bet that we're ahead of.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, and I think that all of his three of a kinds will bet on the turn because we check raised the flop, and then as. Yeah. You even said a minute ago, Derek, we check raise the flop and then look like we gave up on the turn. Right. We, we you know, hardly ever yeah. check raise and then stop betting. Yeah. So I mean, I think our check is just going to entice okay. a lot of. You know, I, I don't okay. know this guy, and I don't really know how to read huds well enough to, uh, you know, answer my own question. But it seems to me that in in, in a live game. If you check-raised me on the flop and I had something like ace, eight of spades that I had, whatever, you know, some suited ace that I decided to three-bet my button, hoping to take it down, but then you called and then I flopped an ace and you check-raised me, but I thought you might have a flush draw, and I'm going to call you now on the flop and see what you do on the turn. Right. Because I think my pair of aces might still be good. And now I have three of them and you check to me. (laughs) I'm yeah. not checking. I'm betting again.
3: But I, I guess my argument is that it's only Ace Ten that is the, the bear Ace that you know it's 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 unlikely to be Ace Queen because you have a Queen. It's still possible, but right. Um, it's it's less likely to be Ace King and Ace Ace uh, uh, Jack. Um, but there's two of those, and then Ace Ten is the only one that that really the Ace that I'm ahead of. Um, right. Except, you know, okay, let me say, say what I'm saying. If it's Ace-King or Ace-Jack, I'm behind now. If it's Ace-10, I'm ahead. If it's Ace-Queen, I'm ahead, but it's unlikely to be Ace-Queen because I have a Queen. And Ace-10, I'm not so sure he's three-betting every time. So, all right, I think we've analyzed this spot, Derek. <laughs> what, <laughs> tell us what happens next, please. I'm now. not
2: ready for that. I'm sorry, guys. Push yeah. back just a little bit because yeah. I think that a lot of players would three-bet with any suited ace pre-flop against a cutoff open. And I, I'm on my button I have ace six at hearts. Right. You know, a, a lot of players yeah. do that. Yeah, now, guy, his, his three bet range or percentage is only four percent. So he might not be as aggressive yeah. in these spots as I am, but uh, I'm not ready to say that it's only ace ten, yeah. you
0: know. Mm-hmm. That's so, fair. Yeah.
2: All right. But now we can go
0: on.
1: <laughs> Sorry. Fair enough. Fair enough.
0: <laughs> All right, so we opted to check, uh, and I would love to tell you in-game what I was thinking. I'm assuming it was something along the lines of what Diego said, but hard to say. Uh, and the villain bets $2,800.
2: so small. Oh, God, that sucks.
0: And that's kind of what we were talking about. Like, yeah. well, okay, now what are we doing? Um, so I don't know. What are we doing?
2: All right, so to clarify, he's bet 2800 into a pot of... Eighty four hundred. Yeah. So that's a that's a really small bet. Um, we have to try to interpret this small bet, and I don't know in what universe we can do that.
0: <laughs> I mean, my first instinct would just based on all the information we've been given so far, and now based on this bet size, it just looks so valuey. Yeah. Like, like just, I mean. Is he like if if he like what's he trying to get to fold that's good with 2800? Um, I mean,
3: if he's good and he thinks you're good, it's the perfect bet to make you think that he's he's doing that. <laughs> that's there, the, only, that's yeah. the only way I could, I could, <laughs> I could because this does look like the perfect setup for a, a river. Um, you know, pot size bet. Well, I guess is it hot, Would it be pot size? No, it'd be less than pot size, but it would you'd be it would be a pretty decent. Part of part of the pot, your your stack. Yeah, so yeah. If
0: we were to, if we were to call,
3: yeah,
0: um, there would be fourteen k in the middle, and we have seven point eight behind. Right, right. So right, it be uh, barring the the river literally yeah. being like an ace, <laughs> or. But like, I don't know something. Being a, t- I don't know how we ever fold if we're yeah. calling now.
3: Th- this is the kind of bet I make when I think the person doesn't know what they're doing, and I have the nuts, and I and I just think they're just you know clicking buttons and they're just coming along, and then they don't realize what what where they get to at the end on the river, right? Or what I try to do against good players is trying to make them think I'm doing that. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. So, so <laughs> I, I
2: yeah. it. Yeah.
3: So all right, yeah. I, I I keep my original stance. I think I'm I'm just folding here.
2: Yeah, Yeah. Uh, you know anyone who's been listening uh, for any any number of episodes, you know that I don't like to fold big hands for small bets, but I think I'm going to throw this away too, Um, because I know I'm going to have to face the bet as well, and it's like I hate to fold a big hand, yeah, but my hand used to be a lot bigger. Right. Then it is like right now with all this information I have now, I I guess I'm just you know all right. It, maybe I got owned with this little twenty eight hundred into eighty eighty four hundred, but that's okay. It's early in this tournament, and I'll just uh, I'll yeah. get them next time. I think it's time to fold.
3: Sometimes yeah.
0: you just get owned. I think I agree with both of you. I think folding is uh, definitely best. By I know I, I'm I'm actually... the way. The
3: way you're saying that, I know what that means.
0: <laughs> and so we call. it. Yeah,
3: I could. I could those. It's been nine years, buddy. We're finishing each other's sentences.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> we're well, we're, think... fi- we're finishing each other's bad lines.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well,
2: now the. Plan yeah, I think has I just to call again. Any yeah, river, I...
0: I think. Yeah, I just got so st- like I. Could, I... I know exactly what it was. I'm sitting there looking at my computer going, oh, great, that's the worst turn card. Well, screw you, I call. (laughs) Like, it's just a frustration call, I'm pretty sure. I think, going back to what we were talking about earlier, like, if I had a lot of time to look at this, and honestly, I don't even know that I needed that much time, but I clearly needed more. Um, I think this would be a fold, but in the heat of the moment, I was like, screw you, I call. Yeah. So, as I mentioned, now there's 14K in the middle, we have 7.8 behind. And I guess if you could ask for the worst possible river card, it would be a club. <laughs> no, um, an and we get the nine of clubs. <laughs> I
1: don't know, maybe Actually,
0: I think an ace is worse
2: than a club. Yeah, but, no, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, this, the problem is we're going to check, and he's he's going to bet. And then we're going to be getting like three to one on a call. And is the question, then the question only really becomes is my straight good at least 25% time. Right. Yeah. And I think it's probably good about that. Yeah,
0: I think you're right.
2: And so that's what's up. Maybe if I got to this spot with this hand and I've been representing uh, a flush draw all along. Maybe I should shove the river. Check, raise the flop. Check, call the turn. Shove the river. I mean, sometimes he's going to be like, "Oh, okay, sure, I have a full house, so I'm not <laughs> cheerful." Yeah, but if if we're going to call him anyway, maybe we're better off.
3: Right. If you're going to call him, right. If you I I think I can still find a fold. Um. Wow.
2: I mean, that's just... You put in half your stack and then fold. I
3: know. I know. But it yeah. is but a really that's, bad part.
0: I guess in the moment, you might be able to be like, wow, I really should have folded that turn.
3: Yeah.
0: Now I'm calling.
3: Yeah. But I do
0: kind of like what you're thinking uh, as far as shoving here. I mean, if we're calling anyway...
3: Yeah.
0: I, really try, I mean, yep. but I guess we're doing it to try to get him to fold... Uh, an ace. better hand, right? Or not a better hand, sorry. To fold... Yeah, to fold like an ace. But... Hmm. I don't know. But we don't, Do you want him to fold an ace? No. Yeah, he he, wanted, to ace, you know, he wants it. to
3: bet. Yeah, he wants to bet. it. He wanted to bet the ace. Yeah,
2: so shoving doesn't really make sense at all, Yeah. can't get a better hand to fold. Yeah. So, yeah, that was me thinking out loud and coming up with something that doesn't work, too.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I looked at the road sign and I was like, well, that's an interesting road to go down. <laughs> there's, like, there's a dead end at the end. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I guess we have really no option here but to, ch- to check. The only question is, are we check calling or check folding?
2: I mean, it's pretty break even, I think. I mean, what is your estimate of how how often our straight is good?
0: It's probably right about twenty five percent. Is it though? Hmm. Yeah, I think it probably is.
2: Yeah. So in that case, because it's a break even call, then you should be indifferent to calling or folding, except for the fact that you already put in half your stack. So it's like, how how easy will it be? for me to continue in this tournament with the stack i have now if i fold. Well, or, you still
3: have seven, you still have 78 big blinds. Yeah, so pretty No, no, know, not 50, 78. 50, no, it's 50 big blinds. 50 50. It's still good. It's still fine.
2: Yeah, it's yeah. De- definitely We still have a playable stack, so that's
0: not going to be a problem. Um it's Yeah, i think i think check folding is probably okay here. But we shouldn't even be here because we should have folded the turn, but yeah, um, I think you know. I think I can. It's kind of like I was talking about earlier. I, I, if if you told me you you called here, I'd be like, okay, that seems okay considering the price we're getting and how often we're probably good. But I think folding's probably slightly better.
2: Yeah, I mean it's probably negative EV. I mean or zero EV either way. So yeah, it's super close. Um, you know that assumes that twenty five percent is about right as far as an estimate of how often a straight is good. Well what's interesting here is um, not to pat myself on the back but I didn't want to call pre flop. <laughs> <So,
0: Right. laughs> yeah. This is how we get ourselves in these situations. Yeah, exactly. In the first place. Well well
3: well put. Well well referenced, Clayton. Yeah. So, going all the way back to
1: yep. ten years ago on two plus two
2: <laughs> fold pre.
3: Fold pre. Yeah. yeah,
2: that's right. That's it. Those guys were right. Those trolls on two plus two were right all along. Just fold pre. And stay out it of all came
0: mess. full circle. Right. <laughs> 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 uh, oh, so well,
2: let's hear the result. Do you have a result? Yeah.
0: So so we check. Uh, he shoves, and I have no idea how long we tanked, but I'm assuming probably not very long because we're idiots. Uh, <laughs> we decided to we decided to call, um, and the pot went his way with the ace eight of clubs.
3: Oh. See, I knew that that ace of clubs mattered.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, uh, as you were saying, Clayton, uh, people are three-betting all their suited... Well, at least a, a percentage of their suited aces here. Um, so we were actually good on the turn somehow when we wanted yeah. to fold, but yeah. it all went to hell on the river.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's interesting that... Yeah, I really hate folding for a small bet on the turn. Um, yeah. But it's just... I didn't know how to play it going forward if I call there. So... Yeah uh oh wow that's a that's a really good hand i'm I'm Thank glad you man. found that hand that was a great hand for us to discuss it yeah that was
0: cool makes me want
2: to
3: yeah. get back into a podcast or something I mean
0: hey <laughs> we have to start one we could just take one back over
2: <laughs> I do this every week I'll take a break I had, I had three weeks with no one to talk to. Now you guys all want to do the podcast (laughs) again.
3: Yeah. yeah. It it would quickly devolve into once every six months. So don't worry.
0: Your job job. is safe. We promise. Yeah,
2: (laughs) Yeah. We're not going down that road again.
0: You know, what's actually kind of interesting too about this hand is that he didn't, I'm surprised we just didn't get this all in on the flop. I know. Why not? Ace eight of clubs on the ace, king, jack two club board. I mean, that's like the ultimate get it all in hand. Um, but I guess. we would have just been even more pissed that way. We, we would have been pissed at the poker gods instead we're pissed at ourselves for not folding pre. <laughs>
2: yeah, well, I mean, I don't think you have to fold pre, like you guys said, 100, 100 blinds, but it's just, it's you get into these spots and then you're like, oh, what the hell do I do? And then you flop the nuts and life is great and then the board pairs and you're like, well, that looks like a horrible card for me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And interesting. Turns out it was actually the best card. Well, I guess made up... It's the card that makes sure he's going broke.
2: (laughs) You know, on the turn, we thought about checking. And I said if I had made trips on the turn, I would bet it. I'd love to know what our opponent would have done because he actually did make trips
0: on the turn. Yeah. 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 That was a great hand, Derek. Really. really. Yeah, it was a fun one. I'm glad I found that. I was digging through my database today and I was like, ooh, this is kind of sexy. So, Yeah. um, yeah, it was a fun one.
2: Very sexy. Sooner or later, we'll find one that you played well.
0: I'm hoping. <laughs> Big Dog will question that, but...
2: Well, uh, any other thoughts? Now that it's nine years, you guys see, like, another nine years for this business you have?
0: I'm just hoping I'm alive that long. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I think, I, I you know, it's kind of one of those things, like, it's it, it's the old thing you hear athletes say all the time or, like, musicians, like, I'm going to do it as long as it's fun, you know? Yep. I'm just going to keep doing it. And that's, I think, always been our uh, not. Real, I don't think we've ever spoken those words out loud, but I think that's true. Like, as long as we're having a good time and continuing to, to learn and laugh, I think we'll just we'll yep. just keep on going.
2: Yeah, the spirit of TPE is definitely a fun loving poker loving spirit with a lot of camaraderie and friendship and uh, trying to help each other, which yep. is so hard to find in the poker world nowadays. So, uh, I, for one, hope that TP will last forever and that, uh, we can, you know, keep it going for a really long time. Tell people about your dates for Vegas. Do you have them yet? Did you figure that out?
0: So I know that I have, um, I've booked my flight there. I booked a one way flight. Uh, so I'm arriving May 29th. Um, and I'm not sure when I'm coming home, it could be a couple weeks. It could be, I don't think it's going to be closer to a month. Um, there's just so much going on with the, with my other business now that I don't think I'm going to be able to stay away for like a month plus, but I should be there at least a couple of weeks.
2: You know, yeah. if you win the main event, it's like $9 million, right? <laughs> <I>
0: no, <know. laughs> but that would require me being able to win a tournament.
2: Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> Forgot about that small detail there. Uh, yeah. what about you, Diego? Are you going to be in Vegas this summer? Like everybody yeah. else?
3: Yeah, most likely I typically do, you know, uh, uh, four days or so. Um, I haven't selected the dates yet. It kind of depends on my work schedule, like usual. Um, but I'm going to try, you know, I'll probably go out there when Derek is out there. Um, it's usually fun to, to hang with the guys. Um, so. Not sure yet, but there's a lot. I mean, the schedule looks great this year, so there's a lot to choose from.
2: Really good schedule for the 50th annual World Series of Poker. I mean, I can't wait. I've been checking my – I've been looking for flights like every day. I'm going to find a really good – I'm kind of like a little bit nitty about overpaying for travel because I travel so much. So I just check 37 websites every day until it goes down $20, then I finally
3: buy well, uh, you may know this already, so forgive me if it's something you already know. But if you, you should be checking that incognito. Because, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay, all right. All right. Some people yeah. don't know that.
2: So, no, because they're jerks, and if they know you're yeah. going to fly, they're like, "Oh, well, we don't have to yeah. lower it." Yeah. Oh,
3: yeah. Yeah. Let me let me finish that thought for some, those who don't know it. Um, if if you're going to check flights often, looking for a good deal, check it incognito because the cookies on your browser they'll they'll leverage that in the algorithm in terms of what to pay you um, based on how frequently you're checking, um, which indicates interest, which indicates that you have high demand. And so uh, just go to an incognito browser. This way it's always a fresh search.
2: There you go. Right See, we're
0: huge tech and marketing nerds. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. <The> computer <laughs> marketing guy knows all about this stuff. Yeah. I like, I like Reddit on buzzfeed article or something but <laughs> yeah yeah I, I,
3: I didn't think about that yeah i didn't come up with that idea someone else smart did and i'm just able to parrot it so
0: <laughs> he just talks good
3: yeah exactly i use good words
2: yeah, i have good words all the best words as far as i can tell yeah exactly <laughs> all right so awesome. well, uh you guys are the greatest uh follow these guys on twitter give, give out your twitters guys
0: uh, I am uh, at Derek Tenbush D-E-R-E-K-T-E-N-B-U-S-C-H I know, I really should change it to Killing Bird but that's taken So, uh, but yeah, um, I'll link it in the show notes as well
2: and of course Derek is also uh, on Twitch every Tuesday night On uh, you're an ACR stormer,
0: right? correct, yep twitch.tv slash killingbird uh, we do a private home game over there I'd love for all the TPE members and listeners to come uh, play in that game with me, it's a lot of fun
3: and I'm Ron, Diego. I'm Ron Fez Buddy. Um, and I am also Diego underscore Lamanto, uh, L-O-M-A-N-T-O. Um, I have two accounts because my nerdy techno, uh, stuff gets crickets on my poker <laughs> account and my poker stuff gets crickets on my software <laughs> marketing account. So I found that there's just two different audiences and they in- engage differently. So if you want to know more about enterprise software and who doesn't, um, follow me there. Otherwise, I'm our podcast buddy.
2: Talk about sexy. Yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. That's how I, uh, you know. Keep talking, baby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and press, press the ladies.
2: Yeah. You know, before I get too turned on, uh, <laughs> remind you guys, you can follow me as well, uh, at Clayton Comic. We love the tweets. We love the love. Uh, we do not care at all about the awards that we were not nominated for or anything else we do it for you guys and uh so for uh derek and diego and everybody who's ever been involved with tournament poker edge over the last nine years i'm clayton fletcher thank you so much for listening
1: Raise it, baby, stay with me Lock and intuition Play the cards with babes to start And after she's been hooked I'll play the one that's on her heart With her heart, there we will be. While little gambling is fun when you're with me. It. Russian roulette is not the same without a gun. And baby, when it's love, it's not rough, it isn't fun, fun. Oh, whoa, oh, oh, whoa, oh, oh, whoa, oh, oh, whoa, oh. whoa. Well, get a heart, show her. Love nobody. Can't